Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on. Hey, it's a lot cooler in here than in there. Whatever that meant. I mean, listen, I'll just say this. This morning, my objective is to preach heaven to you. But if you don't receive that, I know what else to give you. All right. I just, Pastor, you're going to. Well, let me just say a couple things. Before I get started this morning, I'm on my second series of Forget You. Uh, two prayer requests that I have, and I want us to pray before we do anything. I have a friend of mine that is, walked through, that is walking through cancer right now. It's a guy that I met through some different, his name's Steve, say it when we say Steve Broussard. And uh, he called me on that. We had a long conversation just sharing with him. And uh, he's having a major surgery in Houston on July 11th. And I told him we would pray for him. And if you just write that down and just write July 11th, pray for Steve Broussard. I really appreciate it. And then also, would you say Ricky Wright? His daughter, I don't know if it's in national news, his daughter Actually, he, he goes to Pastor Jacob's church, friend of Tracy and I's. Uh, his daughter's 18, their only daughter, and she's lost at sea off the, off the New Zealand coast. I don't know if you've seen that. But they've already, they've already tracked over a million nautical miles looking for her. Her dad really feels like God's giving a peace. They, they're not looking in the right spot, possibly. He feels like they're okay. And so, you know, can we just, can we just stop and just pray for a moment for that? And let me just say this. If you have a need in your body, if you're believing God for God to do something and you need a touch from him, can I just say something? As we pray for these others, I pr- I, you just say, God, that's me, and I'll pray for you this morning. But I, want, I, I believe, how many of you believe in miracles? Okay. How many of you believe in miracles? All right. A miracle happens when there's no problem anymore. You know, that's what qualifies a miracle. When you've been touched and there's nothing. What used to be there is not there anymore, okay? So let's just pray. Father, right now, we just pray for Steve Broussard. Say it when you say, Steve Broussard. Lord, we pray that, God, that you would come. Lord, I know these next couple of days is with his family, and we pray you'd prepare his heart, that he would walk in faith, to believe you for something he can't see with his eyes, something he can't feel with his feelings, but, Lord, something he can grasp a hold to, faith in you. And, Lord, we pray that his faith would be strong, and we thank you for medicine and technology and all the things that they do to combat this, this, this ugly disease of cancer. And we pray that, God, that you would touch him, you would heal him, from this moment, Lord. There would be no more. It would not invade his body whatsoever anymore. And just say, when you say, Ricky Wright. Lord, we pray for his daughter right now. We pray that God, that we, we pray that she'd be found, that she'd be safe, she'd be okay. And the other people that are in that sailboat, Lord, we pray that God, that you would protect them and keep them. And that it would be a story of amazement. It would be a story that, that God, that you would get the glory in all of this. And Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning that just have a need in their body or they've been facing something in their mind. They've been in a battle, Lord. And Father, I pray that, Lord, we pray, I pray that you would just usher into their life and you would touch their body. You would work a miracle in them. You would touch their minds. They would be strong in you. I pray that for every individual here this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, if you agree, if you agree with that, say, I agree. First of all, I just want to tell everybody, thank you for being back again this Sunday. I know it's summer, people on vacation. I, I, when I look in the crowd, I, I always, I'm like this. The pastor goes, you know, 
Oh, yeah, they're on vacation. Oh, yeah, they went to so-and-so. Oh, yeah, they got married. Or, yeah, they got, you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm so glad you're here. And, uh, you know, I know that we've been talking. Last week, I told you I was going to do a two-part series, and it's called Forget You. Look at your neighbor and say, Forget You. Okay, if you weren't here, you're going, what's that all about? Well, you see, if you weren't here last week, what we did is we talked about how we really like ourselves. How many of you like yourself? Come on, I talked about sometimes when you ever go, get pictures of your family or people, and all of a sudden you look at the picture, and you don't like the picture of yourself. So guess what? You tear that picture up, you know, whatever. And we like to look at ourselves, think about ourselves, and even listen to ourselves. You ever notice that? Come on, how many of you just in love with yourself? You know, and, and sometimes we need to look in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, forget you, man. This isn't all about you. It's, it's not about me. It's something much bigger and something much better. And I believe we talked about different ways sometimes that, that we make it less about, it, what ways we make it less about ourselves. That we have to, lo- we have to, I have to lose my focus on me. I have to lose my focus on my stuff. Because my stuff is really not my stuff. It should be God's stuff. Amen? We talked about also it's like your life. And we talked about what we talked about was that the, the theme scripture or, that we talked about was, is, is, is John uh, 3.30. And we talked about it must become, he must become greater and I must become less. And see, this verse is, is, is the foundation of what we want to talk about today. And see, how do I become less and Jesus becomes greater? And how do we do that practically? You know, sometimes we hear these messages and you walk away and you go, all right, that was great what he said. He had a funny joke. He did this thing. But what, what is it? How can I practically apply this to my own personal life? How can I use this to make change in my life? How many of you know that some of us need change to take place in our own hearts and our own minds? Anybody like that? And so this morning, we don't have notes, but I promise you, you need to get a piece of paper, you need to get a pen, and you need to take notes this morning. And also, if you're a visitor, please don't forget to fill out a Connect card and bring it to the kiosk, and we have a gift for you. And we just appreciate you being here. Let's give our guests, we have guests here, give them a hand this morning. And so, how do I become less... And Jesus become greater. Well, Pastor Bubba, you know, the process, let me just say, the process is not a formula. It's a journey. How many of you know that, that sometimes, you know, it's, it's not like a, a plus B equals C. And we want that, we want, you know, it's a formula. It's not, it, it's not what it's going to be. Our spiritual formation is all different. Different ones of us met the Lord in different ways. Different ones of us, God spoke to us or God revealed himself in a different way. Some of you could have been on an oil rig. Some of you could have been at your home. Some of you turned on the TV and you saw someone share something. Or you had a friend that kept being persistent and was overly nice and they bothered you. And finally you came to church and go, oh, this is what it's all about. And you met the Lord. Come on. Or someone just drove you crazy. How many of you talking about? If you had a grandmother like mine, she didn't give a rip what everybody said. She just preached to me. She gave me scripture. She talked to me. She gave me books. She gave me albums with a girl with buck teeth named Evie going, praise the Lord. When I was listening to ACDC and, you know, Highway to Hell, you know, I mean, all that stuff. And see, I think this, our spirit, never, I just went, never make a principle out of your experience. I believe this, let God be an original 
with, with you. And see, I believe this. This is what Oswald Chambers says. It says, never make a principle out of your experience. Let God be as original with other people as he was with you. And see, for all of us, why? Because it's not a formula. It's a journey. I've been serving the Lord now for 33 years. And I can just say this. God has used different people, different things in my life to form what I am today. And God has used different people, different situations, circumstances to form where you are today. You may be here this morning and you just have a hunger. You know, I just want to, there's a hunger I have for truth. There's hunger that I have for God. I want to grow. I want to be more than I am today. I don't want to just go through, I don't want to play religious games. You know, I don't want to send my kids to church and they just give them, you know, fishies and red Kool-Aid. And, they, and when I pick them up, they're hyper. You know what I mean? I don't want that. But what I want is I want something to come and bring nourishment to me and fill my longing and my heart that I can understand what God has for me, what God wants me to do, and what God wants me to accomplish. God has a design for every one of us. But when we begin to allow our lives to be focused on the center of ourselves, we lose perspective and we lose focus on what God really has for each and every one of us. You know, God has a dream for you. Just like when you held your children and you held them in your arms and you looked at them, all of a sudden you begin to have dreams for those children. How many are you talking about? And you go, man, I want them to have a better life than me. I want them to be more successful than me. We have a dream. How about God? When he had a thought about you and he said, I'm going to create you. And what God did is he, he made you and he put you in a mold and he gave you what you have. And when he made you, he shattered the mold and he says, there's not going to be another one like this original. Amen? You know, my wife and I, people go, oh, you know, Pastor Bubba, so-and-so looks like you, and so-and-so looks like Miss Tracy, and so-and-so, they may look like us in different ways, you know what I mean? But I promise you, they all got different personalities. They're all different. Some are quiet, some are loud, some are obnoxious, some are, come on, you, you, how many have children? And so, I want to share with you a scripture and it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You've heard it, but I, I want to share it with you. It says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world. But it's saying this, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's becoming something different. In other words, it's changing the way you think how I many you know you know i had when i got saved and i broke up with this girl that i really liked and she got so mad at me and she goes you've been brainwashed and i remember my response i go that's right because if you knew what was in my brain before you would be glad that god's washed my brain because he's saying this is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind how many of you know that sometimes i'll just can I, i'll just be brutally honest sometimes when i'm even reading my bible i have these thoughts that come to me anybody have it like that and they're not good thoughts they're not that great of thoughts, but sometimes I just go, wait a minute, I'm not going to dwell on that. I want God to change me from the inside out. How many times I've met people who say, well, I can't come to church. Why? Because I ain't got the right clothes. I ain't got the right, listen, 
God's not concerned about what you look like on the outside. God's concerned about what's inside you. And that's what he's after. He's after, let me just tell you, he's after ground. And that ground is in your heart. And that he wants to own that ground. That when there's giants in the land all around us that want ground in our lives. How many I'm talking about? You know, I had surgery a couple months ago. And, you know, with all the things that, that I've walked through and stuff, and I've been starting to run again and try to exercise and try to lose some weight because I was doing a lot of calisthenics with my fark. <laughs> so I expanded my ministry to become a full gospel preacher wherever I went. And so, you know, and it's like the other morning I was running, and, and, and when I was running, I, all of a sudden I hear this, and that's the last thing you want to hear when you're running. But it was one of those deep, it got louder, and it started getting closer, and I started running. It was this big old, and don't get me wrong, I, nothing against him. It was a pit bull. And, man, he comes at me, and I'm like, you know, sometimes you, you run, you go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You can't get any faster. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they had, I didn't realize it, but they had a chain around his neck. And he was, because I had visions. He was going to take my leg and bring it back. You know what I mean? But then God really started speaking to me, and I started, I was praying. Believe me, I was praying. And he said, you know, Bubba, sometimes that's like things in your life. How the enemy comes and he puts giants in your heart or things that try to come against you. And sometimes when you come to that place, and this is a little bit off the message, but I'm going somewhere, I promise. But if you, go, you come to that place in where we bind and we keep things from us. See, sometimes it's, it's learning to transform our minds. I'm not going there anymore. And whatever's thinking, thinking that used to be in your life, can I just be honest? You go, you know what, God, help me with that. And that's where the enemy, he's going to try to come at you, but God puts a chain on him. You can't go any further than that. And because I believe this, when you allow God to begin, begin to bring a transformation to the way you think, all of a sudden God gives you new ground. Am I making sense here this morning? You see, one of the patterns of this world is it's all about me. You know, in order to be transformed, you know, we have to, a bad pattern, we must renew our mind. So how do we renew our mind, Pastor Baba? I love coming here. Y'all ask so many good questions. And it just says, 2 Corinthians says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, I love, listen to what it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, with God's truth, we combat every lie, but taking thoughts captive. You know, one of the things I think about is when God told the children of Israel that they were, he was going to give them Jericho. You remember that? You know, Moses had died, and he goes, I want you to go take this fortified city, huge city. I, I mean, and so they, they're going in there, and this is what he says. I mean, they're going, all right, incredible fortress. And all of a sudden he says, you're going to have it. And they go, great, God, what's, what's the marching orders? And Joshua comes back down from the mountain. He says, God said he's going to give us a city, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to go, and we're going to get the band. It's like getting Jenny's High or Lake Arthur High band. Hathaway band. Wherever you live band. Okay, what's that? 
Okay, okay. Anyway, so what happens is, is that they're marching. And he said, for six days, I want you to march around the city. Now, can you imagine? Think about this. You're marching around saying, do you think people that were on top of the city walls were saying stuff to you? Your mama. You ain't nothing. What's up with the band? Come on. When is the last time a band took a city? But what happened is they're walking around the city for six days. And then, you know what they did? They had to give a shout. And at the end of six days, they shouted, yes! And the walls, you know, archaeologists say this. You know, a lot of people say they crumbled. No, when they went and found the city, you know what the walls did? They went, like literally, they were standing and God just went, can you imagine taking a shower, you know? You know what I mean? There's an army. I can't imagine all the things that I think. But the incredible thing that I see is God's truth. And you combat it with every lie that we're saying. How are we going to? No, we're not going to take this city. Or no, how can I overcome this thing? Sometimes God wants you to walk in obedience to what he said that he wants you to do. Because I promise you, you're going to be obedient to something. Let me just say this. Write this down. The way we think affects the way we feel. And the way we feel affects the way I behave or we behave. I'll say it again, maybe on the board. The way we think affects the way we feel, and the way we feel affects the way we behave. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? I remember when uh, I had surgery on my, my liver for the cancer and all that, and then I was laying in the bed, and when they give you, when they bring you out of the recovery the one thing is my second operation, so I experienced this. They give you this little thing, and it's a button. And the button is morphine. And that button helps deaden the pain that you're walking through, okay? And you know what? I thought, ah, I'm not going to press this button. And it started getting pain. I would press that button. And, go, and you know what? When you press that button and you start getting, that morphine starts taking effect. And it was, it was the presidential debates or something like that. I'd, I'd fall asleep. I'd kind of come in and out. And my wife would say something to me. I'd go, hey. Ooh. I mean, I would start saying things. She could probably tell you what I said. I don't know. Doing things. I mean, everything became wacky. How many I'm talking about? Because the way I felt affected everything I did. And I said, she told me I would pray out loud while I was sleeping. You know, but I believe this. See, you, I, I, I love what this is what happens. You know, if, if you look, you know, it's like people look different. People think, think sometimes, you know, our thoughts become our actions. You understand me? Because I was thinking, I wasn't thinking right. So I was thinking other things and uh, people were. I, I was thinking that some people were other people and, and that they, they were they had long faces and they, they kind of contorted and you know and, you know in your mind you're going <laughs> you look goofy. But the thing is is that I love what I found. This is what Margaret Thatcher said. Listen to what she said. This is a great quote. I'd love to print it for you and give it to you. It's a, this is what she says. says, Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. 
Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And watch your character, for it will become your destiny. And see, that is how it works with us. The thoughts that we have become our actions. Let me ask you something. And I asked you last week, do you have voices speak to you sometimes in your mind? Thank you. I feel normal. We all have those thoughts. And sometimes you're not even thinking anything. How many times have you had people put in prison and they go, hey, man. I heard voices. They were telling me this and I did what they said. Or, you know, how many times I've seen people locked up. They go, well, it was it was the alcohol. I've never seen a six pack locked up in a jail cell. But I've seen what it can do to a person, and they put them in a jail cell because of that six-pack. Because whatever you put in your mind or your thoughts affects your actions. And I thank you for all those amens. And so this morning, what I get, they have a guy named Stephen Verdict that put this, this video that together. It's just a short video. I'm going to show you, and it shows you how the brain works. So if you could guys go ahead and play that, and just for a moment, we're going to watch how the brain actually works. The human brain, made of approximately 100 billion neurons, the same number of stars that exist within our galaxy. The human brain monitors and regulates all of the body's actions and reactions. With over 5 trillion chemical operations occurring every second, and signals being transferred at speeds of over 260 miles per hour, our brain is rapidly analyzing and responding to all of the sights, sounds, and smells all around us. Now, because we are all born slaves to sin, our mind has been programmed to behave out of selfish desire. The way we think, dream, reason, and act are limited to the ways of this world. Now consider the facts for a moment. For every behavior we experience, our brain creates a neurological pathway. As behaviors are repeated, those pathways become increasingly more stable. Think of it this way. A single behavior maps out a dirt road in your brain, creating a basic pathway for your thoughts to travel. But as you repeat behaviors, your brain builds a highway, allowing for an increased volume and frequency of thoughts to move about resulting in your day-to-day actions. In order to change our behavior, we must reprogram our brain. It requires the deconstruction of existing highways and is a process that takes time. The Bible directs us to take every thought captive and to commit daily to the renewing of our mind through the power of God's Word. And in time, the result is the formation of an entirely new neurological roadmap, leading you to the life you were meant to live. Isn't that good? That's how we work. And it's like creating that highway. It's doing deconstruction. How many of you, you know, sometimes you can look at something and your mind goes automatically something you've created in your own mind. I've seen people that when they, they, they come to a place of they don't know what to do and they just, it's kind of like that song, freak out. Come on. 
And they've created something in their mind where they just freak out instead of responding and reacting and going, all right, God, what do I do in these circumstances? See, our goal is to become great. Our goal is that he becomes greater and we become less. And how do we do that? It's, the re- it's, it's really the renewal of your mind. How many of you say, Pastor Bubba, I need to renew my mind sometimes? How many of you say, Pastor Bubba, I need to get rid of some stinking thinking? And so this morning, what I want to do, I just, I, how do you renew your mind? Well, this is what, that's what I want to talk about. How do we renew our mind? Let's, I want to give you something very practical, something very easy. How do we do this on a day-to-day practice in renewing our mind? And so the first thing that I want to talk about, renewing my mind involves spending time with God. Spending time with God. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that, remember, it's a journey. And it takes time. So you can't get frustrated. Hello, say me. It's a journey. And some of us, listen, when you start the journey and you get frustrated, ah, it's, it's, it's saying, you know what, this is a journey. This is a process. This is something I have to walk through, something I have to do, because there's a destination in the end. So what are the things, what do we know? Relation takes communication and communion, or time, or prayer. In other words, the key to relationships is communicating. Hello. My wife's greatest love need is spent time, quality time, and communicating. That I'm not, I'm not, that what frustrates her, and when I have, and I do, and it's not an excuse, but I have ADD. Okay, and so I'm all over the map, and she can be on a course. She knows where she's going, what she's doing. I'm, I'm there, like Miss Jean and I were talking, but she goes, you know, Pastor, I don't know. I got that ADD thing, I think. I put the vacuum here, and I go, and I go do something else 15 minutes later, and I go, what happened to the vacuum? <laughs> How many you know what I'm talking about? And say, amen, I'm that. Amen. All right. But, so I feel, I feel, I feel, my mind is being renewed this morning. But it's communication that you and I learn to communicate to God. What does that look like? It's prayer. And what does prayer look like? It's sharing your frustrations, your needs, things that you have to overcome. See, some of us come from circumstances and situations, how we grew up. And God needs to begin to change the way we think and the way we process. And that only happens when we communicate with God, that we share our heart, we share our needs, we share our desires, our longings, and our frustrations. But yet the cool thing is that God speaks back to us. But sometimes we have to take that time just to quiet our soul. Sometimes we have to quiet those thoughts and go, stop it, thoughts. It's time to listen. You know, Tracy and I went somewhere last night, and I told her, we prayed, and we prayed God would give us divine connections with some different people and all this stuff. And, and so we went, and, and I prayed this. I said, Lord, help me to remember my wife. Because, see, sometimes I go to play things, and when I'm about to, and I talk to everybody. And now I'm talking to someone, and, and she, you know, you know what I'm saying? And she's kind of left alone. And so I had to really, listen, if I want my mind renewed in the way I need to think, I have to pray that way. Are you hearing me? And last night I held her hand. She got close to me. And we did everything together. And at the end of the night I go, did I do okay? She goes, you did okay. <laughs> so we have to learn to, you know, let me ask them. 
How many of you have a, how many of you have a hard time praying? Let's be honest. Just praying. Come on, come on. Don't, I mean, no one's looking at God's going, oh, I knew it. How many of you have a hard time praying sometimes? Come on. Look at me. You know why you do? And I'm not here to bash you. Is you need to take the time to do it. Because, see, you're already dealing with thoughts that you've had during the morning, things you got to get done, things that got to happen. And it, listen to me. If you just start out and just praying and saying, God, I, 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 I really, I really want to talk to you. And see, the other thing is that will really help you in your communication and your relationship with God is reading God's word. What do you mean, Pastor? Many of us struggle reading this book daily. But see, now you can read it on this right here, too. You understand me? If you don't know, they have a Bible, uh, a Bible version. It's called you, you, uh, version, And it gives you a daily scripture, a promise. It has reading. You can look on it. It's free. It's the most, they have over 5 million, over 5 million hits on this, on this website. And it started with, with uh, Craig Rochelle and a bunch of other guys that just wanted to get people. They never thought it'd be this big. In fact, Billy Graham even has his own new version, you know, now. So that's kind of cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought it was cool. Y'all didn't react to it, but anyway, I thought it was cool. But see, reading, you've heard me say this, reading without reflecting. Look at me. Here's one of my, my favorite. Reading without reflecting is like eating without digesting. How many of you know you got a bunch of constipated Christian people? <laughs> it's true. We got more word, more availability, heard the word, heard messages, I mean, than anybody that's ever lived in the face of the earth. But what it's saying is reading without reflecting or reading without doing something causes indigestion. And so what we do is we walk around going, oh, oh, where's that stuff to get it out of me? It's called outreaches. It's called talking to your friends, talking to your family, sharing with them. See, I believe this, communication with God. If you have a hard time praying, if you get in the Word, sometimes when I don't know what to pray, I just get the Word and I, start get, I go to Psalms and go, Lord, that's my prayer this morning. And I pray that Scripture. And, and what happens, it helps me. See, reading God's Word daily is like eating. If you don't, you know, I don't do it out of obligation, but I do it out of love. It's not a duty, it's a delight. It, it, it's like an appetite. The more you eat, the more you crave it. Now, see, when I, I, when I had to wear that girdle around me and stuff, I couldn't do any exercise, and I like to exercise. And because I couldn't do any exercise, I had this fascination with Zapp's chips. Now, don't y'all go buy a bunch over there. I don't want to have some blendable thing. But, I mean, my wife would get, I like the Cajun taters, you know. I mean, the, my mesh, yeah, come on. I, I mean, they got all kinds of flavors. We don't want to go in there. We, all of y'all are connoisseurs in your own right. But I was eating that stuff, and, and it's like, it's okay in moderation. I mean, if you look in the back, it says you can have four chips, you know what I mean? That's a, a daily serving, you know. You go, yeah, right, 40 is about like what I get, you know. And, then, you know, my wife goes, baby, you're kind of depressed. I mean, I just saw you. You couldn't do anything. You just, ah, rah. And I, ah, give me that. Yeah. Ah, I didn't eat that before. Ah. What was happening? I wasn't taking my thoughts captive. Give me, give me, give me. 
I mean, we went to we went on uh, on vacation to Tennessee, and man, I ate like a wild man. I remember they had. Let me just say, we, we went to this little general store out in the middle of the boonies. I mean, telling this guy goes, "You want the best pulled pork and ribs you ever had?" I go, "Yeah, where's it at?" You know, and he, my inner, give me, give me. And is that, I mean, we get to that store, man, it was the, I'm telling you, it was the best pulled pork I've ever eaten in my entire life. Talked to the man for a long time. I thought, man, this is, this is going to be a yearly pilgrimage when I come to Tennessee. I'm going to that store. You know what I mean? Say, I'll pray for you before I go. But there's just some things. I've, just, I've learned this. If I dwell on something long enough, it becomes who I am. If you give up, that's what you have. You have a give up spirit. Let me ask something. How many of you want people to be negative all the time and you love hanging around negative people? If you have someone in your hospital, if you come to my hospital room and you go, oh, Pastor Bubba, you got cancer, you're going to die. I don't want you to see, I don't want to see you. But if you come there and go, Pastor Bubba, man, I've been praying for you. God's going to heal you. You're going to be good. Everything's all right. Amen. Amen. Stay in my room. You hear me? Because I had people, come, I literally, when I was walking through my journey, I had to keep my thoughts captive because it's a journey. Remember that. It's a journey. And, and, and people, I had people go, oh, yeah, I mean, wow. And they look at you and you go, wow. I hope you're around a while. <laughs> Me too. And you got to be careful you don't get mean, you don't get mad. Come on, because it's all those things. And people that you think that are positive and all those things, sometimes again, they turn on you and they don't realize they're turning on you. I mean, I went to my doctor three weeks ago, baby, four weeks ago, something like that. And they go, man, and they go, man, we're so good. We're so glad to see you. I'm thinking, I'm not glad to see you. I had chemo here. I had all these. And I said, no, man. We've been, we talk about you all the time and how you brought hope. And this guy that I talked to, Steve Broussard, he said, you know, Pastor Bubba, I just want to say this. I went in there and I talked to Dr. Roden, and that's who my, my oncologist is. And he said, you know, he goes, can you give me some hope? Are there any examples that you can give me of people that are gone beyond it? having great results. And he says, yeah, there's a guy, named, named his name, is from Iota. And he's sitting in Pastor Bubba. And I'm like, she said me? He goes, yeah, man. You've had, a, I prayed for my doctor, preached to my doctor, everything to my doctor. You know what I'm saying, me? But uh, let me just say this. I'm believing I'm on a journey. And you're on a journey. And sometimes there's things that get caught in the way of your journey, and it's whether or not you build a dirt road to all the things that could be negative and all the things that can, hello, or you're going to build a highway right to God. And say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but I trust you. The same God that saved me, that rescued me from myself, the same God to get me through this. Amen? And whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, don't go look at the, don't go look at the horoscope. If you really think about horoscope, horror, and you're getting your scope on that, not good. 
You need to set your scope on God and go, God, that's what I'm going for. You're the redeemer. You're the healer. You're the one that brings provision. You're the one that brings deliverance. You're the one that set me free. You're the one that gives me the strength to walk the next moment, the next day. You can fill my mind with good thoughts, holy thoughts, right thoughts. Come on, anybody in the house? You know, even coming to Jenny's, I remember, you know, I thought you know, when Pastor Jacob talked to me and Pastor Jim, he said, in God's economy, it was kind of like, for me, it was kind of like a step back. But God had to show me later it was a step forward. Are you hearing me? I wanted to be at the big house. I wanted to be at the, I wanted, you know what I mean? It was comfortable there. But see, when God speaks to you to do something, you need to go through that thought process, bringing your thoughts captive. Because you heard how she, you know, my wife and the kids, they found out, Pastor Jacob and I talked, I hadn't even told them we were moving to Jennings. Pastor Jacob got up on a Sunday, yeah, and Bubba and Tracy and the kids are moving to Jennings to start a church. All right, mate, you met, let me tell you something, my wife is holding her thoughts captive. I was like, oh, Pastor, you were supposed to give me time. But that's all history. Are you hearing me? I mean, they're starting to go, ah, 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 you know. The second thing is renewing my mind involves, listen to this, daily obedience. What do you mean, Pastor? Romans 6, 16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. See, you're going to obey. You're going to be obedient to something. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? You're going to obey something or someone. I've got, you know, I, I, I've heard this people, people go, you know, I've got this, this pet lion. How I many of you want to come and pet my pet lion? And go, whoa, a lion? Oh, yeah, it's no big deal. How many, all right, how many of you ever seen a real lion? Put your hands down. You have never, unless you've been to Africa. Listen, what you see in zoos in America are pitiful. Okay, I, on my phone, I have pictures of real African lions that don't, aren't cute, aren't nice. They will eat your hand right off. I mean, one day I looked, at, I was at this lion farm, okay, where they breed these lions and stuff. And man, they had this one, the main lion, his name was Simba. And let me tell you something, the brother was bad. I mean, he was bad. And, and it's like, that's like you and me going, oh, look at the little lion. And sometimes that's the way sin is. We go, look at our little lion. It's okay. He's cute, isn't he? Nice. He's fluffy. But you know what? Sin will eat you, it will destroy you, it will take you out. Hello? There's nothing cute about that. You look at our society today. We need to be crying out to God for our society. We go, what about the gay marriage and all these other things? Listen, I don't care. Look at me. I want to tell you right now. You can try to legislate things humanly, but you'll never legislate truth. You'll never legislate it. You will. God says, he said, you know what? If you want to keep doing your own, God will give you over to a depraved mind to where you do whatever you want. Listen to me. It's not, the issue is not marriage. The issue is destroying the institution of marriage. That's the issue. That's what it really is. Destroying what marriage and family is really all about. Your identity, who you are. 
You see, renewing our minds. See, you, you, you may only obey your sinful thoughts and your desires. See, people begin to obey their own thoughts. They begin to worship their own thoughts. They're what they think is right. Have you ever been around stubborn people? Amen. You ever seen me around stubborn people? Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I've been stubborn. So you can be stubborn for the right thing or you can be stubborn for the wrong thing. You see, you can obey righteousness, which means you obey God. But it's a step by step. See, this is how you know if you walk in obedience. When God says go and you're gone, see, delayed obedience equals disobedience. That's what it equals. You know, I, love, I was talking to Luke this week, and him and I, and, and he's, he's really good with thoughts and things like that, and he's kind of sharp, a lot sharper than I was when I was 10, way sharper, okay? And we went to one of these little um, antiques stores, and he's found this knife. It was kind of cool, like a mini sword, and it had $9 on it, and, and I go, Luke, come here. And I, he came and worked with me at the church the other day, and he cut grass i'm teaching him to cut grass on the mower and he's picking up le- cutting limbs and all that. i said i'll pay you okay i'll pay you so i gave him some money and the cool thing is his mama has taught him he said you know son when you obey 10 percent of whatever whatever you get from god whatever you get in work belongs to god and so it was cool i gave him a ten dollar bill for helping me and working and and, and he said well he said, Dad, if I pay $9 and with tax, I can't pay my tithe. I said, well, let me teach you a business lesson. Just because they ask for a price <laughs> doesn't mean you got to pay it. He goes, and I go, go up to the lady at the table and tell her you'll give her $5 for this sword. He goes, really? Money talks, son. Most of the time it says goodbye, but it'll talk. <laughs> so he goes up, he goes, he was kind of cool. I was watching, I stepped aside. He goes, it says $9 on there. I'll, I'll give you $5 cash for it. And you know how they have booths? She goes, well, hold on, I got to call the people. That, so she looks up the number and calls, and she goes, No. Six fifty. He goes, okay. <laughs> he pays six fifty, seven dollars, whatever. And he goes, I got enough to tithe, and I got enough to keep in my pocket and go get whatever I want to get. And see, for us, it's sometimes listen. And he goes, you know, Dad, this I like. He's this is a good lesson for me. <laughs> I said, yeah, because son, let me tell you something. Because if you learn that money works for you, it works for you. You don't work for it. Okay? That one day when you're bigger, you know what? When you buy a car and they tell you it's a certain price, you go, no. When you need to buy a house, no. When you, get it, when you buy your own business, when you become a doctor, you buy equipment, and then you... Money talks, son. Use it wisely, and God will always bless you. 
And see, for us, what does that have to do with anything? You can't, listen, God wants you to hear his voice and know his voice. And God wants you to be childlike. That you can easily learn a lesson and obey what's told to you. You understand me? You know, my closeness to God can be measured by the time it takes for his command and my obedience. Can I say that again? You know, write this. My closeness to God can be measured by the time it takes from his command to my obedience. See, the problem is we have, we, we have continual lies bombard us all day long. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, sometimes you just have to preach a little attitude to yourself. Come on. How many of you got to pick, you got to grab an attitude? You know, it's like, you, you, you know, you, you don't want to do something. You know, you don't feel like it. And, and you, you know, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Come on. Ah, yeah. Ah, forget you. Sometimes, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fight for your marriage. Come on. Oh, I'll just let the old woman know about the dirt have her way. I don't want to fight for all oh, that old that old dude. He just he's just the same way that stubborn old. Come on. And sometimes we gotta go forget you. It's not about that. I want to have a great marriage. And great marriages take work. Sometimes you gotta preach to yourself if you have addiction and you hurt someone or you do something. What addictions do? They take let me let me let me tell you what a drug addiction, alcohol addiction does, it destroys people's lives around you. And it forms something inside of you that's not good looking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then sometimes we gotta go, it's not about that. Forget you. Sometimes the church will go, hey man, we we we're looking for people to help with this or that. Well, you name it. Or get involved. And some, I don't want to get involved. It's time. Forget you. What does God want you to do? Am I preaching to anybody this morning yet? Or you give 10%. Oh, now you don't want to go there, Pastor Bubba. God, you know, when you look at the word, it's 10%. That's nothing. But really, God wants, he doesn't want just your 10%. He wants you to jump in the offering basket. But sometimes we go, I don't want to get to 10%. And you go, well, I got this. And where in the Bible does it say that? I can take you through the Bible and show you where it says. It's whether or not you want to listen to God and obey him or obey your own desires. And thank you for all those wonderful amens in the crowd. Thank you for all those wonderful amens. Okay. You ever get hurt? Anybody ever hurt you? Anybody take advantage of you? I heard this said one time. The longer you serve the Lord and you do what God tells you to do, the same way, the same things they did to the Lord, people will eventually do to you. Forget you. Forget you. Sometimes I have to look in the mirror and go, forget you. When I get fashed at my wife, when I get... If I shade at my children, when I, when I come to the place and I'm just like, oh, man. Or you ever get, how many of you like this one? When you, God's putting you in his crosshairs and your, God uses your mate to help him get adjusted those crosshairs on you. Hello. 
and you're dealing with your selfishness, you're dealing with your bitterness. And some people go, well, why do I, don't, why do I keep going down this same road and this same trail? It's because God wants you to learn to take every thought captive and allow him to renew your mind. Why do I always go back to this? Because you've built a highway. And can I tell you something? It's time for deconstruction. I wish I had a jackhammer here this morning. Turn it on. It's not fun. It's not easy because it's a pathway you've created. Hello? It reminds me of a story where guys were hunting for a bear called Chompers. And what they did, they built the biggest fire they could to the trail, to the creek that he was going down. And it said Chompers came out in the middle of the night. And all... He was ticked off because they put a fire right in the middle of the thing. They, he, and he, anyway, long story, another time in my hunting series. But anyway. But sometimes, can I, when's the last time? Look at me. Look at me. When's the last time you made the devil mad at you? Come on. When's the last time you say, I'm not going, here's the phrase, down that road. I'm not going there. Forget you. God, you are my deliverer. You are my rock of escape. Help! Because sometimes, I'm not just yelling at myself. Sometimes that's the only thing you can pray. Help me. Let me just read one more time. And I'm come, I'm, watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And watch your character, because they become your destiny.